This week on the Magnificently Huge podcast, what kind of stuff would a Magnificently Huge make if a Magnificently Huge could make stuff? Welcome to the Magnificently Huge podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome again, everybody, to the Magnificently Huge podcast, as the introductions have already told you. This week, we wanted to go back to an old idea we like doing now and again of things we would make if we were in charge of stuff. Movies or TV shows we'd make because they're needed, they're missing, and they're necessary. And I'm, I, I'm a little self-conscious about doing shows that are just about us. It's kind of like that obnoxious high school kid who says things like, here's another thing about me that reminds me of me. You know, that kid. He probably wears black lipstick and stuff. That kid. But these are good ideas for things that we need in entertainment. I love superhero movies, don't get me wrong, but there's just so many of them. It's, it's a Marvel, Sony, DC world, and, and there's just room for a couple of other things. And those couple of other things can't really be that original because there isn't room. So this is what we would make if we could. And hopefully somebody who works at Netflix will steal them from us, which I'm fine with because I want to watch them. Okay, on with the show. Magnificently Huge Podcast 2019. Welcome aboard. I'm Eric with your smooth hits. Joining me is... <laughs> I, I'm i Brian. I'm not smooth. And this is Chris. And uh, that's all I need to say about that. All right. Man, 20, 2019. <laughs> this is the year yeah. Blade Runner gets freaky. <laughs> that's true. Crazy. Yeah. And what was yeah. the? Oh, there's another one too. I think Zardoz. This is the year Zardoz takes place as well. Yeah, I think there was another one as well, but I can't. Zardoz. Yeah, yeah. Sean Connery in a pull- diaper. That's good. Zardoz <laughs> speaks to you. His chosen ones. The gun is good. Go forth and kill. Yeah. So a lot of stuff happened filmically in 2019 that we'll yeah. never see again. I, I think it's still funny that the first RoboCop was going to happen in 1993. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm far more down with that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 So how did your guys' Christmases go? Quietly. Um, smoothly. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, yeah. of the three of us, you were the only one that did anything for New Year's, though, Eric, apparently. Like went yeah. out and did stuff. I thought how that worked. Oh okay. fuck no! No, it was, it was fun. Uh, we went and saw Life During Wartime, which is a local Talking Heads cover band. Um, there, it was fun. Um, okay. Do they do like a Talking Heads style show, like with the big suit and stuff? Or kinda. I mean, it, <laughs> they 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 were doing like shiny lame stuff. <clears throat> Yeah, they they weren't doing the look. I think they even did a couple of originals, which I thought was a bad idea. I mean, start your a new band if you're going to do originals. Yeah. Especially if you're known 
as a specific cover band. Well, if you're selling tickets to We Are a Talking Heads tribute band, yeah, exactly. maybe play Talking Heads music. Exactly. That, yeah, that's that's kind of a bait and switch. I right, agree. Right, I think so too. There are, there are rules to tribute bands. There are but rules. They were good. I mean, when they did Talking Heads stuff, it was really good. And uh, I've seen them before. They actually did an entire show that was uh, Stop Making Sense, like Soup to Nuts, the whole thing, even like the acoustic nice. opening of Psycho Killer, you know, like song by song, little bits added to the stage show as you go. It was really good. I, I think they've probably just outgrown it. Okay. Well, I do commend but, them for uh, actually borrowing a, a song title for the name of a tribute band in yeah. tribute band fashion. It was uh, funny. They had a thing on the flyer for the show that was like, you know, get... Yeah, people who sign up for the VIP section uh, get swag, and the swag <laughs> was a dopey leather keychain. Like that was it. Like like a dope somebody's kid made in shop class. I'm like, don't even say you're giving swag if that's your swag. You know? <laughs> hey, swag is is. I mean, it's it's supposed to be crap, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. But this is more of a case of Schwag the dog. (laughs) 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 That was Um, awful. And I also shout out to the opening band, which was, uh, 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 oh God, what was it? Was it Beards to Men? Beards to Men. That's it. Yeah. Where they did like 90s hip hop covers. And uh, (laughs) that was fun. Yeah. Beards to Men. I Uh, thought it was going to They weren't just a Boys to Men tribute act. They, They were just kind of doing that like tony 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 and that kind of stuff um this is how we do like like those songs and uh i was actually i was i was once again crisscross made me jump jump i mean it was all of the good stuff not not just that band not not just vanilla ice yeah okay yeah it was pretty good um well it sounds like you had a a, a lovely time i like the uh the random video clip that you texted us where you <laughs> said drunk <laughs> where you said happy new year's douchebags happy new year uh, douchebags with your your weird goggly eyed smile uh but i was asleep by 11 so i didn't get it until the next day but it still made me laugh that's yeah, funny so <laughs> good on you yeah <laughs> so yeah that was my new year's nice and for christmas i got a rice cooker that i'm wicked into because I love rice cookers are rice. cool, man. Rice cookers yeah. are cool. They, it is. It's dope. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of bringing it to work and just having it at work, and then every day have have like some brown rice because it's yum. You can uh, you can cook oatmeal in it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, not it's true. Not yeah. just a rice cooker, even though they call it a rice cooker. Right. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, oh man we're so old uh. <laughs> yeah you, you you said rice cookers are cool yeah guess what buddy <laughs> you're old yeah yeah oh yeah i i oh well i was cleaning out my room this uh week like like getting rid of crap stuff to sell and give away and all that junk and um i i i, I started sorting out the books that i was gonna sell and there are a lot of books that i used to hang on to because i I had an attachment to this book, you know, that yeah, kind man. of, that kind of brainiac horseshit. And this time I'm like, mm. nah, I'm not going to read this. And I'm tired of making myself think I have to like this because smart people like it. So like what? Go. Like what? Uh, 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 
Well, let's see. Tom Robbins, I think. Um, I enjoy some of his pajamas stuff. book. Yeah, I, enjoy some I, of his I, stuff. I look at it like that's some stuff I'm supposed to like, so I better hang on to it in case I ever want to read it. And I realize with with a Kindle, I can pretty much read anything anytime I want. Yeah, I don't need the book. Yeah, but that's that to me is a sign of getting old. I'm not going to try and pretend I I need smart people books on my shelf. So you no longer care if people see the book on your shelf and think something about you. You'd rather not haul it around from place to place every time you move. Yeah. 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 Moving books <laughs> sucks. Moving books yeah. sucks. Word. Really? So, yeah, I, I feel you. When I worked at the bookstore, we, would, we had the counter where we would, people would sell us their books. And you could uh-huh. always tell who was still having that emotional attachment to an item when the offer was stupid low because we had a billion copies of it and never sold anyway. And they would get all <laughs> up in your face. Like you were insulting them because you were trying to right. give them a quarter for this fabulous book. It's like, <laughs> everybody's read it, bro. So back away, man. You know, everybody knows it's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get you a shirt that says everybody's read it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That job sucked. Oh well. This is how we do it. <laughs> that was, makes me think of uh, anytime a Sonic commercial comes on the TV, that's my immediate go-to. Like if I were an advertising agency, that's how I would sell them. Is that that would be their new theme song? This is how you Sonic, and then you get into the thing. That's all that makes me think. Uh, so, did we manage to cover everything Eric has actually done since the last episode, or or, or does he have any fresh shit? Oh, this shit is fresh. <laughs> rambling incoherently <laughs> welcome to 2019 <laughs> yep. magnificently huge what are we talking about yeah yeah eric yeah got any actual fresh shit or was beards to men and the talking heads band it beards to men and the talking heads band was basically it i <laughs> i i i've i've yeah i have a i've had a flu i've been fighting a flu oh that's something uh, yeah but yeah, no. i'm just getting over one yeah, yeah i haven't uh, really nope nope i'm gonna i'm gonna pass <laughs> you took a mulligan okay taking a mulligan in yeah. 2019 okay you you better get some good stuff for the next round i know uh, yeah he didn't have any of that <laughs> um, he had like stuff i'm eventually going to see I yeah think yeah <laughs> it's on the list fuck off i don't know i i i i i i just i'm if i have any spare time i'm playing skyrim that's pretty much it it's not exactly fresh. That still sounds like a sex act. So I always thought so as well. It sounds like something you do with a pull-up bar. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you a Skyrim, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well. So, Chris, you got any fresh shit? Uh, I really don't have much. Uh, I've been watching The Good Place, as you know, and I got through season two. Actually, I'm all caught up to uh, where they finished for the christmas break i guess and then yeah. the new episode starts in a few days i guess as the time yeah, there's of only this like recording. three more this season though yeah right? uh so i watched the second season and it was relatively enjoyable i liked kind of where they wound up i'm not digging the third season i think brian you told me that it was kind of hit or miss and i would agree with that assessment yeah. Uh, didn't like that they took him back to Earth and then it became sort of this uh, my name is Earl kind of bullshit. 
Didn't yeah, like, that annoyed me yeah, a little. Didn't like it. Uh, but the last couple, they kind of started correcting course, and now it's getting kind of back online. So yeah, Donkey Doug was a good one, <laughs> Donkey Doug. Yeah, and I like that the <laughs> the the, the space time continuum is called Jeremy Barmy because it's just like looks like a squiggly line that says Jeremy Barmy <laughs> instead yeah. of a straight line. So it had its moments. Uh, so yeah, that and uh, you know that's about it. Been reading uh, some Joan Didion because uh, that's not something that uh, most people do. So. Yeah, there's that. And that's how hipsters look at something worthwhile. Yeah. How many people are doing it? Uh, well, have you ever read any? <laughs> did you watch the New Year's episode of Doctor Who? Oh, yeah, I did. It was kind of flat. Didn't care for it. I'm really hoping. didn't like the New Year's one? I thought <sighs> it was the best one this season. Yeah, but I still, I, I just, I like Jodie Whittaker a lot as the Doctor, but I just don't like the scripts they're giving her. Uh, they're just flat yeah, somehow. Yeah, i that. So. It's more of a kid's show. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Since Whitaker is back, it's more of a kid's show. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. Which it was supposed to be originally, but it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Didn't, he, years, didn't Moffat changed. leave? Didn't one of the producers leave? Yeah. He's yeah, gone, I, and it's I, uh, Chris Chibnall, who did Torchwood, is doing it now. So uh, oh, really? Because that was, like, wicked dark. So... <laughs> Uh yeah, it's I yeah, thought maybe he they did got Torchwood rid of... and Broadchurch, like yeah. some of the darkest stuff, but no. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is they're, this they're is very much like closer to, you know, the the Sarah whatever uh Chronicles. Chronicles or yeah. yeah. So it's all right. But I'm I'm going to yeah. give it I'm going to give it room. I'm not ready to to count it out just yet. So we'll see how it progresses. Whitaker's great. Yeah. The effects are great. The music is cool. So the scripts are just not there. Yeah. How are you watching it? What's it on? Uh, BBC America is where I'm catching it, so I'm sure it's I online somewhere. Pay for it, yeah. Like I, I actually subscribe to the seasons on Xbox Video. Oh, so okay. I, I did that, and then I, I finished up the Beastie Boys book. Uh, got their the full scope of their career, and uh, it ended okay. I mean, MCA <laughs> MCA dies. Yeah, that whole somebody dying. Yeah, part. yeah. But. Uh, this, what, what struck me as funny, and I wanted to share with you fellas, because uh, it's amusing, and it sounded exactly like something that we would do if we actually had musical uh, talent apart from Brian, <laughs> and uh, did something. Yeah. But when they did Hot Sauce Committee Part 2, which is their final album, uh, they went in and they had the idea that instead of sampling a bunch of old records that they had lying about, like they'd always done, they decided that they would just record a bunch of shit that they would sample from themselves and then treat it like it was an old sample from a record. And then then in the liner notes of the album, they basically did up all of the graphics and the the record label and the whole thing for these imaginary songs that they just sampled snippets of for their own record. (laughs) And I thought, that's fucking brilliant. And it's a really good record, too. So it's good to do. It's part two because they fucked up part one. Is no. Oh. Uh now nah, it's they had they had a part one set and then it became like a big to do, and then they decided to release number two, uh, and then Adam Yauch died at some point and yeah it's kind of shelved. Oh yeah, I don't know. What what have you been doing, Brian? Um, 
I've been doing some some uh, backlog on my fresh shit here. So I actually went and watched the original 1960s Mary Poppins after watching Mary Poppins Returns. Now, I can't remember. Had you seen it before all the way through or not? No, okay. I have never seen it. Is it better than the new one? Um, so as a person who had not seen it before, I would put them in a lot closer range than uh, I think others would. But I will say this. Dick Van Dyke is the fucking man. Yeah. Dick yep. Van Dyke steals yep. the show. Lin-Manuel Miranda is nowhere near Dick Van Dyke levels of showmen. And dig this. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, no professional dance training. The choreographer for Mary Poppins was like, how the fuck do you not have uh, <laughs> training in choreography and you're doing all this? He, he, he was amazing. He reminded yeah. me of singing in the rain. Yeah. In mm-hmm. this thing. He's yeah. crazy. Well, even the stuff he did in like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is insane like the whole like puppets coming out of the box thing and they're doing like the weird marionette dance uh that's just weird that he's I got guess. No chitty chitty bang bang th- is like is like something you do to children who are bad i mean that film is just <laughs> such a grind it's so it painful it literally causes me pain good i'm glad <laughs> so there is one thing though it Mary, watching Mary Poppins again makes Mary Poppins Returns worse in one specific way. The end of Mary Poppins Returns, in addition to the, the protagonists have already solved their problem, it turns out they didn't even have a problem because apparently the tuppence that was invested at the end of the first movie has appreciated enough in the 15 years that have gone by to pay for a house. Um... In the original movie, the whole deal was uh, the bankers were evil and you should use the tuppence to feed the birds, and they've undermined that in the new movie. It's stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway. not to mention the fact, isn't this Depression era? So it's like, how, how, how right. is the bank doing well enough to pay any return? <laughs> Let alone tuppence have now pay for a house. Yeah. That house. <laughs> anyway. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Poppins end game. (laughs) Uh, Chris, I watched the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Nice. It's Um, uneven, but I don't have anything to add. Yeah. Conversation about that. uh, I'm surprised that you even pulled the triggers knowing your disdain for Westerns. So good on you. Eh, it was fun. You know, Jolene wanted to see it. I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? Yeah, I think it opens whiz-bangy with the singing cowboy that turns into just the most sure. cartoonishly, graphically violent <laughs> bullshit ever yeah. in like 10 minutes. It's amazing. And that set the tone. But the the one that got me was the the one with Liam Neeson. Uh, oh, yeah. The that, travi- was, that was rough. That was a gut-wrencher, man. Oh, God. There you have it. Well, good. Uh, how would you rate it uh, on the scale of Cohen? Oh, I i mean, to be fair, I haven't been watching Cohen for a while yeah. now, so I, I don't know how to slot it in, but it didn't grab me the way the stuff in the 90s did. That's fair. Uh, it kind of lost me about two-thirds of the way through. Okay. I was like, okay, whatever. Do you think it would have worked better if they'd have kept the original concept and done it as a limited series? No. Okay. Because the... I mean, it basically was like a limited series, just, you know, yeah. being binged. Yeah. But pacing-wise, <laughs> eh, maybe it would have been better if those were individual episodes, because I wouldn't have felt like the pacing started to drag. Yeah. 
you know, because it starts at such a rhythm and then it gets slower and slower and slower. Yeah. No, that's fair. But, that's fair. I still liked it. Anyway. It was still my, my apart from uh, End of the Spider-Verse, that was probably my favorite thing that I watched last year. So, yeah, right on. And then another backlog I watched, uh, finally got around to What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's fun. You had never seen that before? <laughs> nope. Damn. Nope, I haven't done that one yet. That is fucking amazing. I loved it yeah. so much. Oh, yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Daiko> Waititi. <laughs> Kevin. Where's everybody seen Kevin? <laughs> so, yeah, this is the guys who made um, Flight of the Concords doing a... Spinal Tap-ish movie about vampires. Yeah. And, um... And, and, then, and now they're all yeah. kind of still losers. That's that's what I love. Yeah. It's yeah. Like Even this, by vampire standards. Was it Eagle versus whatever? It's like they're Shark. always dorks. Yeah. yeah. Eagle versus Shaq. It's, uh... <laughs> Eagle versus Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> Shaq. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. It's, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal working on an eagle. But for modern vampire movies, uh... Like my top three that don't hew to any sort of traditional, uh, what we do in the shadows would be number one. Uh, let's see. There's the a girl walks home alone at night uh, is a very interesting one, and then uh, only lovers left alive, which is a Jim Jarmusch with uh, Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. If you haven't seen that right. one, I would recommend that Jesus. one as well. The three of them, yeah. that's that's a film I want to see. That's, I mean, it's pretty fucking awesome, I got to tell you. And it's, you know, it's like a, a weirdly modern gothic romance vampire thing, mm-hmm. but it definitely makes its own terms. So it's not it's Did not laugh out loud. It's very Jarmushi. Uh, it's not laugh out loud like what we do in the shadows, but you, you right. could do worse. But that's Jim Jarmusch. It's, you know, yeah, I've got a. I've I've got I, I've got a direction I want to go in, and it just happens to be sometimes weird. Yeah, I like that. There you go. Well, all right, right on. I got Good. I do have a couple more that we I got called out for not having seen. Now I've seen them. I saw Mortal Engines. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> tell me, it's Peter Jackson's unnecessary post-apocalyptic steampunk Star Wars. Okay. Um, <laughs> Say no more. It, yeah, it comes complete with a character who looks exactly like Snoke and an I am your father scene, and also a Terminator. Nice. Uh, which which prompted my wife to say, well, this is one of the better Terminator movies then. But So, um, but so what happened, involve Like, the remaining cities on Earth rolling around on tank treads? Yes. So there's been a nuclear war or something uh, uh, akin to a nuclear war, actually, because there are more advanced weapons than nukes from the past. And, yeah, there's been, uh, what do they call it, civic Darwinism or something like that? But basically, the Darwinists have, have decided that the way to uh, to succeed is to build these cities and devour other cities. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. <laughs> it um, sure sounds like it would, though. But there's a chosen one narrative and, you know, a sky beam and a Death Star trench type thing. And it's just so frickin' derivative of everything. It seemed like it the made whole. I appreciate Aquaman as being oh, a better movie that was derivative of everything. It seemed like the whole point of Mortal Engines was just, hey, we can make all these weird special effects and have fun with that. And then that was it. Oh, the scale is off the charts. Like in terms of just being able to sell 
that those things are that size and that there are other things at other sizes, they they nailed that. Some okay. some effects artists deserve some pay because that was that was well made. Okay, but otherwise, yeah. But it, you do eventually get past the fact that you're watching a movie about cities on tank treads that roll around. I mean, I don't, I don't think, think I can. could ever get past that. No, because then like people get kicked out of the cities, and then they're walking around in the giant tread marks dug into the earth. Uh, right. And then there are cities that burrow underground. And no, you you kind of have to just get into that mode. Yeah, and I'd be like, why why are we going from one direction to the other? It's a vast wasteland. Why don't we stop? <laughs> no, they've got a reason, but it's stupid. Okay. Yeah. I mean. It's not as bad as the Rotten Tomato score has it, but it's it's utterly like you can ignore it. Well, what's funny it about like that a- one is I heard the conceit and I thought that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and then I started thinking about uh, the the train movie with uh, Chris Evans, Snowpecker, right. yeah, Snowpiercer, <laughs> and Snowpecker. Uh, and I, I had a similar reaction to that one when I heard the conceit, and then I watched it and I thought, well, okay, it makes sense in the realm of the story but it's still pretty stupid yeah uh that's sort of my feeling for <laughs> for this one and then finally a movie that is getting better reviews than i think it deserves is bumblebee went and saw bumblebee i okay, here's the one phrase i heard to describe it from someone who apparently liked it uh they refer to it as spielbergian no I, okay they are trying so hard to hit the 80s nostalgia vibe like they have. They are just dropping '80s hits, uh, and and doing it in a way that's like too on the nose. Like every song they play is like thematically relevant or whatever. But yeah, no, it's it's a real tryhard from that perspective. Uh, they're trying to be a John Hughes movie. They're trying to to be Spielbergian, but they it's it's more like somebody who. I don't know how to put it other than it it must have been made by somebody who wasn't alive when those movies were coming out because they missed the mark okay. in a big way. So had you um, seen but you've seen the other Transformers movies, right? I I gave up. I never saw the last one, The Last Night, um but I had suffered through the other four. You Holy mean Christ. the one that ties it all up and makes sense <laughs> the whole thing? Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Just making sure that you were you had some semblance of an idea of what the the mythos was. Because I, yeah. I I have no idea. I know Bumblebee is like a VW bug or something. That's my that's the extent of what I know. Yeah, I mean, I, so they're they're going back. That again, the '80s throwback also goes to the Transformers design. This is like kind of like Doctor Who. This is a kids movie. It's directed by the guy who did Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, and it's a much, much smaller scale Transformers movie than the other ones. But they, you know, all the designs are like Gen 1 Transformers designs. So they kind of had to set it in the 80s for things like a cassette player that spits out a tape that turns into a robot would make any sense. Um, I always get the feeling when they do 80s throwbacks like this though they're always looking back wrong it's like they're looking back they're they're not looking back they're looking at someone else's version of a look back at the 80s where everything is cooler and they don't address things like nine swatches and 
uh, you know, the music that was actually charting. Oh, absolutely. So, like, I had this this talk with my mother-in-law about the 60s and the music that's that was actually popular versus the music people th- think of as 60s music. Um, yeah. I, 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 I had a friend who gave me access to his MP3 hard drive, and on it was a KTEL collection of the <laughs> top tens of each year of the 60s, and it's all shit. It's yeah, KTEL is awesome for you, that, You actually though. listen to. KTEL is amazing yeah. for that. Remember Jimmy Euro? Three LPs, all original stars. The Diamonds, Jimmy Gilman, The Coasters, Bobby Lewis. It's 1963 uh, with the Chiffon, original stars from 65, Gary Lewis and the Playboys, the Hondells, Chubby Checker, the Box Tops, Ray Peterson, Oliver, 66, and Lou Christie. It's all there in 60 jukebox hits, over a decade of original stars and memories. This movie totally makes that mistake because the, the relationship arc between the girl and Bumblebee has to do with her getting Bumblebee to like the Smiths. Yeah, no, bullshit, no. fuck you. Yeah, fuck. I mean, even people who were into the Smiths, every time a new Smiths album came out, were like, oh, I don't know about this one for a while. Like, you had to warm up to every one of them. No, no, no. Yeah, it would have to be a whole sequence of learning to like C.C. Peniston. Yeah, you know? yeah. Now you're talking. This movie even does a drop of the movie, the song from the Transformers movie, You Got the Touch! You Got the Power! Right? <laughs> like, okay, that begs the question, does the Transformers movie exist in the universe of this movie? Because otherwise, why does that song exist? <laughs> um, it's a conundrum. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, probably the best uh, the best action scene is Bumblebee versus the living room, where Bumblebee destroys the house. And then at the end, she's hugging Bumblebee, and she actually says, I'll never forget you. And I'm like, yeah, I'll never forget you, giant robot from space that destroyed my house. Yeah, I'll, I don't think I'll forget you. No. I don't but, know. Uh, After you told me that she was uh, uh, tugging Bumblebee, I have this other image entirely. No, he said hugging Bumblebee. Oh, yeah. okay. I heard that's you very. I was like, I don't yeah. didn't even question what he might have meant. I just heard, oh, handjob. Okay. Although Lindsay Ellis, uh, video blogger extraordinaire, has a whole video about how this is really a love story between uh, Bumblebee and the girl, which you know, go check that out. But like anyway. I was joking about it, and Audrey's like, no, no. But then, but then, like they were, like it kept like building, and then she's like having a sad, and then. He puts on Sam Cooke and like, oops, oh my love, starts playing yeah. and then they like look at each other and then she just leans on in for that hug. And then the music comes up even and louder at that swells, point. And and I'm just like oh waiting love. for them to start dancing. Like I don't have anything else. We're, we're getting long in the tooth on the fresh shit here. We should probably get to the show. Yeah, not yeah. like we have a whole lot of show, though. I mean, you don't know that. You always one. say that, and you never know that for sure. 
Yeah, that's because You're we never know what long ass list Chris is going to recite in the last five minutes. The hey, I've done like twenty minutes. I've done like ten minutes of preparation, jackhole. I'm I'm ready. Okay, Some then I'm going to end the fresh shit. We're going to move on to our concept of the week, which is crap we think should be made. Because I keep seeing everything that is made, and there's a reason I don't go to movies or watch TV anymore. It's all the same shit. I, I don't care. I, I kind of know what I'm getting into before I get into it. And uh, unless something new is done, I'm, I'm pretty much ready for death. There's just nothing new <laughs> under the sun. Have, they, have, you, have you thought of how every Marvel movie is Iron Man? Because we have. We've done multiple shows on it. Uh, DC is trying to be every Iron Man. Everything is just trying to be something else because they've even run out of sequels or reboots or uh, intellectual properties to, to milk. I shouldn't yeah. be so hard on Mortal Engines because at least it's original, even if it is an well, adaptation. No, it's not, though. The Mortal Engines is just another young adult dystopian future oh, book series yeah, you're right. that's trying to be the Maze Runner, that's trying to be Twilight, that's trying to be Harry Potter. Yeah, well, yeah here's you're that. right. It's another intellectual property getting milked, and as you already said, using all of the other tropes of all the other movies and books and... Fuck it. No. These are original ideas, I think that someone should take note of and actually do something with. Well, part of the problem is that uh, (laughs) we, we are of an age where we can actually remember when studios actually had part of their business plan to do middle range budgeted fare that may or may not Mm -hmm. be a, a Uber success, but they were willing to sort of spread the field a little bit and give audiences a little bit of a diversity as it were. Uh, and then and somewhere else in Star Wars ruined it because studios realized they could make more money if they invested everything into one <clears throat> film. Yeah. Yeah. And so as the decades went on, the interesting stuff sort of fell to the wayside. There was the, the blip late 80s through mid 90s when the indies sort of made a, a somewhat of a comeback. And then that right off disappeared. We don't get that anymore either. So I think that's where, at least when you you pitched this, that was sort of where I was coming from on it, was all of the interesting stuff won't have an easy time getting made because it's not a surefire marketing plan. It's like how you have to spend that much more marketing to tell people about stuff they don't know about, whereas you can just regurgitate the same thing that they've already seen a hundred times because, you know, bing. So one of my thoughts on this topic fits fits that pretty well in that i don't think you could make money on it but i think it needs to get made yeah um so been thinking a lot about um toxic masculinity and and the me too movement and all of that and you know when we grew up our our role models were either like harrison ford who's basically just you know misogyny you're like you know hey grab the girl and kiss her even though she doesn't want to be kissed, Han Solo to Princess Leia, and then eventually she's the reward and she melts, right? That's or, not how it works? It, it turns out, uh, no, apparently. Okay. okay. And then you've got sort of the other end of the spectrum, which is like the ducky from Pretty in Pink, which is just the guy who gets friend-zoned, who uh, is resentful that he's not getting any sex after being as nice as he's been. And what occurred to me is, <laughs> okay, I get it. 
all of the young men out there aren't supposed to be either of those guys, and that's cool, but can somebody please point to the movies that are showing these men how to actually behave? Where are our male role models that actually are good examples, given our new moment? And I think that movie would be boring. Like, Healthy Relationship, (laughs) the movie. Nobody cares, right? Yeah. Hi, I'm I'm hunky. I have the I have the the good graces not to to have too much body fat, and uh, I'm hunky. Well, if you there's this is a couple seasons ago on South Park, but they did a whole. It was the first time they did a whole season arc rather than just individual episodes that were just their own thing. Uh, and they and they had uh, PC principal took over the school, who's like this dude bro, but like super PC about everything. And then it turns out he's from a, a fraternity and he lives with his fraternity brothers. And when they have parties, basically before they uh, take the drunk girls upstairs to have sex with them, they, <laughs> they're they very explicit about, is, is it okay if we have sex? Uh, you're giving your consent and will you fill out this form before we blah, blah, blah. And they really take it over the top. Rise and shine, guys. If you scored last night, I need your consent forms. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whoa, Barker, did you perform Cunnilingus? There's a different release form, bro. Yeah. Uh, so- sorry, it's right here. Nice. But uh, that's sort of what that kind of movie would turn out to be, I think. It's like, how do you get that across without kind of scuttling your narrative? Uh, it's a difficult, difficult dance. Difficult dance. Yeah. I'm just saying, we don't, we don't want to see movies about healthy role models. We want to see movies about dysfunctional people yeah. or people we'd rather be. So right? you didn't have like a specific property in mind for this? You're just thinking in general? No, no. Okay. I... I'm really struggled with this week's topic. I've just kind of got some generalities. I do have one specific thing we'll get to, but yeah. Okay. I think that's I think that's fair though. I mean, because drama's born out of conflict. How do you have conflict if you're showing people the right way to be, I guess? Yeah. And I think there are a lot of rom-coms though that kind of do that where the lead is the woman, where the woman is fucked up and the guy is not fucked up. Yeah. You know, there there's a lot of uh, um, 30, what was it? Uh, 13 going 30 on 30 first dates, uh, 51st dates, 51st dates. I get the number wrong. Uh, mm. 13 going okay. on 30. Uh, how to Good Lord Adam th- Sandler is our role model. <laughs> there was one with Matthew McConaughey and Goldie Hawn's daughter that I can never remember the name of, but basically she was a piece of shit and he was okay. Um, okay. But I can't remember the name because it's a rom-com and I don't retain that. Yes. But no, anyway, that's, that's yeah, fine. it's like, it seems like you can make it work as long as it's the woman who's fucked up in the movie, which is funny itself. <laughs> so basically one of the characters has to suck yeah. in order for it to work. Because, yeah. Again, How do you have conflict. conflict without conflict? Yeah. You have to have at least one asshole. I mean, that's basically the, the core of drama, right? You have to have at least one. If everybody's nice and friendly and gets along, it's like, well, that's kind of <clears throat> yawn. So, yeah, I don't know. If yeah. it's, that's so like a- I said, it wouldn't sell. I, I got, eh, but it's needed. Like, oh, I don't even mean sell. It's like, how would you write that? Like, what would, what would, what would they run into? That would be a yeah. problem. What would the hook Unless be? Unless it was something like, you know, dragons, like something just happens and, but then you're not concentrating on how, what a great dude this is. Yeah. Honestly, this makes me think of like every episode of Davy and Goliath. I mean, that's what it would wind up being. 
I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's just no way you could make it interesting, uh, which is unfortunate. I don't know. Maybe it's just a self-help series, like, you know, maybe. the internet's guide to not being a douchebag. Okay. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Somebody like came up with something else. This is I'm already bored of my own thing. <laughs> but but I got your title instead of you could you could just we could do a series of it. Uh just call it you also instead of me too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh at least you're swinging for the fences, Brian. Uh I appreciate that cuz when I was coming up with stuff, all I could think of was just uh shit that it would be fun to reboot. Uh, but in an interesting way. That's right. kind of so. I fell into the the same hole that every studio falls into, even though I rail against that consistently. Uh, mm. But uh, one I came up with. Uh, this is mostly for Eric, uh, but I think it would be hilarious if somebody decided to bring back Space 1999. <laughs> but, yes, oh but, yes, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, an was, actual 1999. Yeah, yeah, like the like the actual <laughs> show from 1974. Uh, yeah. No, no, but the year is 1999. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, no, yeah. In alternate history. That's what I was No, thinking. no, in our history. It's yeah. just that those people were trying to do it with uh, that technology. But it's but the show itself is amazing because it's like uh the sets and and stuff all full on 2001 Space Odyssey, but the costumes are full on Logan's Run and it's just right, this yeah. weird disparity between the production design uh that and, just makes and it so fucked up. the set designer the set designer was the same set designer for Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So watch 1999 and look at uh, Bespin and see if you can spot similarities. Ah. Uh, oh, shit. Crazy. There's a Bespin in the Mortal Engines. I forgot about Sorry. Floating city in the clouds. Anyway. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, I thought it'd be funny to just do Space 1999 again, but keep it in 1999. Uh just because that's dumb. I mean, it's like the dumbest thing I could think of. Uh, I don't. What do you mean? Keep it in 1999. Like, like Brian was saying, it's like you don't change the title, you don't update it, and make it Space 2199 or yeah. whatever. You, you, no, no, uh, that's. I was, I was on board with that too. I was saying making an alternate history where the moon broke away from the Earth. You know, just you know, you you keep all the camp. You yeah. just write it better. That that yeah. was the problem with that show is they just ran out of. Yeah, it's, it was I, a I lot of it was too much coke. It was like a lot of uh, like sh- cuts to Barbara Bain's character, and she's just staring blankly into space and then whispering her yeah. dialogue. I mean, it's like, what? Why did you fucking cast her? Oh, it's because she's Landau's wife. Okay, whatever. Right. I get it. So <laughs> it's so just a, if if that gets made, there has to be an episode, a very special episode, where the ship shuts down because it has the Y two K bug. Well, it's the the ship well, is the, the whole moon. Is- the whole yeah. moon. Oh. Moonbase Alpha. <laughs> yeah. But I like that. Moonbase Alpha gets Y2K. That would work. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh but the other one that the one that really that I wanted to to bring up, because uh, it's and it's actually something that I had been kicking around in my head for years now. Uh and then once Marvel brought the Netflix shows for the lesser de- uh, characters, like Daredevil and all that, and did sort of that mini MCU on the on the right. television scale i thought it'd be hilarious to do like yeah that you could do that but you would do like uh the glenn larson tv universe from the early 80s and you would <laughs> <laughs> kind of build that out so that you would do like an an auto man series you'd do like manimal 
you could bring in Knight Rider, uh, <laughs> wow. and you do these as like individual series, and then uh, pivot them to like an, a culmination of a, of a team up. And I thought that would be funny, <laughs> but you keep it all in that in the era of like the early '80s. Uh, <gasps> I just I just thought it would be funny. Uh, call me <laughs> call me crazy, but yeah, that was my idea. Hoda Man, Manimal, and Michael Knight are yeah. back together for a violent Netflix event. Yeah, are there well, tie-ins? Are there? Is there like one organization that makes its presence known in all of those shows? That would really be if there was. Well, a no, show. that's. That, that's that. what's funny is that yeah there's no through line they just they're all just basically ripoffs of something that glenn larson saw mm-hmm. and and said oh i'll fucking do it <laughs> you know like ottoman is just his ripoff of tron and that's all it is but then when you look at ottoman i loved it when i was like 12 13 but it's just it's a piece of oh it's just awful <laughs> and then when you start looking into it uh it was like the most expensive show on tv at the time it was like a million plus an episode because they didn't have the technology to really do it right. And so basically when Automan comes in and he's like this weird glowy dude, they had to do all this weird setup uh, with costuming and, and mats and screens and things. <laughs> and it literally like oh, that, which actually is the Tron technology. Yeah. Right? Like- yeah. Uh, but it just struck me as funny because all of the technology that made him look so shitty as shows back then, uh, especially Manimal, because it was like him having the ability to change into any animal that he wanted, but really the only two things you ever saw him change into badly were a panther and an eagle, and that was it. It's like they spent all their money on the <laughs> on the transformations and then said, fuck it. Uh, mm. So none of it makes a lick of sense, but then you would, but I would keep them as like half-hour episodes instead of full hour, so you'd like add them 12 them. And then uh, cut them <laughs> short, and then just keep all of the anachronisms from the early '80s. It almost seems like you could turn into like a Danger Five kind of thing, but culminating with the big team up. <laughs> so that was yeah. <laughs> and for the love of God, damn well kill Hitler! Kill Hitler! Uh, <laughs> Eric, you this was your your show. What were you wanting to to bring? Yeah, really. Uh, I would like, cause I, okay. After watching the queen documentary, I, 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 it verified for me that, uh, not documentary, um, biopic. It verified for me that <laughs> biopics are shit. Uh, I hate biopics because all they ever do is sort of do a best of, and this happened and then this happened and then this happened, you know, and very little story, very little reason for it to exist. Well, you got to admit, uh, though, that Walk Hard is the best one of the lot. And it's not a real documentary. Yeah. Oh, what? What? Yeah. Do Come Me on, Long man. or whatever is fuck. That's, that's <laughs> not a real thing. Okay. But, yeah, no, I, 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 I watched um, Bohemian Rhapsody, and I thought they did this all wrong. They needed to make a series of short films and glue them all together to make one film so that they could do just Live Aid, or just how Bohemian Rhapsody got made, or just how Freddie Mercury learns he has AIDS, and not try and make one long arc that doesn't fit, you know? Ken Burns, Studio 54. Yeah, really. Yeah, ooh, yeah, like that. That would be good. And then you could get, like, yeah, David would... Keith as, the, as the, the narrator again. The cocaine was flowing. Yeah. And the beat was pumping. And in walked <laughs> Andy Warhol. 
So yeah, there's there's uh, another film uh, called Thirty Two Short Films about Glenn Gould that uh, did basically a biopic, but as a series of shorts. And I'm like, yeah, that's the, what they should have done here. So I want to recut Bohemian Rhapsody as a series of short films, maybe reshoot some stuff so that, you know, more of the story can be told. But stop trying to make it fit into the biopic format. Like the three-act structure? Because, yeah, yeah, that does just, that does bother me that it's, it's a life story and no life story is going to fit perfectly exactly. into a three-act structure. Exactly. You're you, that's that's why you're you're hammering home points that make no sense. Yeah. Like the idea that he would walk into the studio exec's office and say, "We're going to make an album. It's going to be called A Night at the Opera, and we're going to have a song. It's going to be called Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's going to be <laughs> six minutes long." Okay? No, not okay. I am studio record executive, and I do not like song that is six minutes long. If, fuck you. Wow, it's, I feel like I've, I've seen the movie now. Thank you. Yeah, it's so like well, you've seen that, that scene. Except the executive played by Michael Myers, and I wish I was kidding. Mike Myers, that, the comedian. Okay, yeah, that's an inside joke too. That's awful. It's like who's going to want to listen to you know a six minute long song and rock out to it in their car named yeah. Wayne? Ha 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 ha! Yeah, it is so self conscious. I get it. Just ugh. Mm-hmm. So so yeah. basically, your idea is to just uh, reinvent the biopic format and to connective short films yes okay. and what's more I, I i i had also been thinking about well I, at first i was thinking let's just do a new documentary format on a different subject redoing queen i think makes more sense because i can see where the cuts need to be made but i would love a biopic on ethel merman <laughs> nobody talks about <laughs> ethel merman nobody would would behind the music get this job done do you feel like behind the music was was more what you're looking for no because they're still looking at it linearly yeah uh, they're still going oh, okay. like on a timeline i'm saying okay you've got an entire life uh i want <laughs> you to just scoop out that moment where um they did live aid yeah. that was that was something wasn't it yeah that was great hey you know something else interesting that happened in the life of this band um brian may got a doctorate in astronomy let's check that out you know, what's that all about? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, just treat the individual interesting parts as individually interesting parts and not try and force it into a cookie cutter biopic. But yeah. Ethel Merman's great because uh, she was bisexual and nobody really knows that, that she was what? very, she Shut was up. her, she, she does not hold up to the Me Too movement. And so there's all sorts of great hitting on chicks and guys and, you know, being like a salty old broad who was trying to get laid. I'm like, I want that documentary. Well, that's like, uh, oh, what was it? Christmas in Connecticut. I've been watching that a couple times over the, the holidays uh, and kind of enjoying it. And then my wife tells me, she's like, well, you know, Barbara Stanwyck was a dyke, right? I'm like, what? It ruins, yeah. the, it ruins oh, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, it totally changes things. Right there on the spot. It's weird. <laughs> but Merman, ah, oh, that's so weird. Yeah. That totally, that totally reshapes. What? People but I who keep were, th- were theater performers were gay? Yeah. What? And yeah. Yeah. I keep trying to think of who should play her, though, because who's got like that voice that just goes, you know, wah, that just moves walls? Who could do that? I don't yeah, know. That's a, but... that's a toughie. Yeah. Well, it also, we'll like, what era? Love her to death. 
<laughs> I actually I, I I dropped a reference to her uh, at some point in a in a crowd of people I didn't really know very well. I think I was talking about the Christmas special, the Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, and Merman just shows up as like a circus owner yeah. in a cowboy hat. It's like the weirdest <laughs> non sequitur bullshit. Running a circus is no easy job. Well, I tell you, Blinky, it's got its ups and its downs. Life with a circus is like life with a guy. Sometimes you're low and sometimes you're high. Chicken today and feathers tomorrow. One day is good and the next day there's sorrow. I don't care what, long as I got my guy. And then I think somebody just point blank looked at me and said, "Uh, who's Ethel Merman? I'm like, oh god, oh, yeah. conversation's over. I'm leaving. See ya. But <laughs> Eric has got friends a, anymore. Yeah. Bye. But Eric's got a biopic for you. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh yeah, her appearance in Airplane Alone. Severe shell shock. I feel you. Thinks he's Ethel Merman. <laughs> You'll be swell. You'll be great. Gonna have the whole world on a plate. Start here. Start now. Honey, everything's coming up. So the only other thing I really had, I mean, I had another like type of movie I'd like to see, but the only thing that was specific that I could come up with is a thing that I came up with uh, hmm, at a certain point in my life. Uh, I think that there needs to be a website uh, or an app or whatever called excommunication. And its whole purpose is to facilitate discussion between people who are like going through a divorce or if you just, you know, hate your, your crazy uh, Breitbart swilling uncle or whatever. This is like, you can type what you mean and then the app or, you know, whatever, underpaid people in Bangladesh translate it into something palatable to the recipient. <laughs> so you'd be like, oh, there you go again, you stupid fucking bitch. And it says, uh, I, I, I hope we don't have to do uh, this again. You know, <laughs> something to that <laughs> well, effect. Well, it seems like everything would just translate to agree to disagree. That would be like <laughs> everything. Right? I, I see what you mean, though. When you unfollow somebody on Twitter, that also removes the ability to get the last word in. This seems like a thing where it'll give them, they'll give you the last word, shove it in their face, and you don't have to hear back from them. <laughs> so it's exactly. almost like if we're not going to bother to be civil to each other, maybe we need to pay somebody else to be civil to people for us. But anyway. Hmm. Interesting. Like Ma Bell, I got the excommunication. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 getting freaking uh, freak, uh, freak. <laughs> uh, so you so you think this would be like an app, not a, an actual like social media platform thing? Yeah, because like especially people who are in the middle of a rough divorce, they have to talk about a bunch of stuff, and they don't want to have to talk to each other. So find a way to sanitize. I'm sorry, isn't that called lawyers? Said. <laughs> This would be cheaper. Yeah. Right, but you got to have lawyers anyway, so like, Not, well, well, maybe you don't. You'd be surprised uh, how much happens without lawyers. Because lawyers are expensive. Okay. Yeah, and they suck. Yeah. I'm kidding. I don't know any lawyers. I'm sure there's some nice ones out there. <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, that was that was my big idea. Apparently, 
it's not uh, that exciting. And you've you've fleshed it out quite considerably, I see. So yeah, I say yeah. I, 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 I really do want to learn how to build apps, and that's the first one I'm going to make. Thanks for the idea. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, all right. What if, else you guys got? Uh, anybody got any uh, any books that have yet to be made into uh, film adaptations? Uh, quite a few, I should think. Yeah. Well, oh, here's one ideas for it. No, like here's one that uh, as soon as I read the book, I definitely wanted to see it as a movie. Uh, but as time has marched, I don't see it fitting into a traditional movie format. But thanks to the advent of all this shit on Netflix and HBO and whatever, I think it would be a perfect limited run. Uh, but I think Geek Love by Catherine Dunn needs to get done as a limited series. Yeah. I've heard of people trying to make that for years and they, everyone keeps checking out that definitely yeah. needs to get made. Yeah. Well, with, with the advent of all the stuff that's out now, I don't think that it would be very incredibly icky anymore. I think people can handle it. As a person who has never heard of geek love, can you describe <gasps> it for oh, me? Oh, Brian, it's a, uh, that's one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, basically it's, it's a dual story takes place, uh, in a modern, setting and then reflects back but basically it's about a family of circus freaks that were purposely created by the parents who own the the sideshow like they took chemicals and radioactive and whatnot so they could grow their own freaks to present mm. to the public so and then you will really be one of us damn it yeah and then through the course of it it's sort of the family dynamics play out because uh, you've got the oldest brother who's kind of a dick and controlling and then the Siamese twin sisters, uh, and then another who's like an albino dwarf hunchback, uh, who's the crux of the, the narrative, and then one that's a normal but has like really crazy telekinetic powers. And basically the oldest one, who's a flipper boy, uh, starts a, a cult, and people join the cult, and then part of the, the rights of the cult is that you eventually uh, submit to having pieces of your anatomy uh, amputated <laughs> but it's this like weird like psychosis and you're saying they're having trouble finding a way to package this yeah it, it, well that's the problem huh. is that it's not it's de- it's not one of those where you can do the elevator pitch in like three lines and have someone go yeah, yeah. Ah! you have to read the book in order to kind of uh find all of the intricacies of it that would make it work but i i think there's there's a scene early on where without going you know like headlong into the story but the mother who is um a dwarf hunchback and deformed ends up in a a nightclub where they drag her on stage and take off her clothes like that's like part of the show is you know getting people on stage and making them be naked yeah i was was thinking this sounded like an hbo series yeah and the thing is though they don't humiliate her because she's you know she comes from freaks she's like yep this is what the shit looks like and the whole place goes silent because she's supposed to be humiliated and because she's not humiliated they are humiliated it's this wonderful moment and i'm like yeah that's exactly why this wouldn't work as a movie or a show because it's basically the shit you're hoping to see is going to snap back in your face yeah so it's the song this is me from the greatest showman
Well, the gist of it is that they're uh, they're out loud and proud in their their freakdom, uh, and even as they start to spare out into the real world, uh, they they gain a certain amount of acceptance, and some of it is uh, not entirely wholesome because there's like a, a cult involved in this and that. But it becomes this like media circus, and it definitely puts a spotlight on uh, you know are you your true self or are you just the self that you want people to see? It's very weird. Uh, very dark. I think Tim Burton still owns the rights to it uh, somehow. Of course he does. Uh, but uh, yeah, somebody needs to make it, honestly. And it's too bad that yeah. it didn't get made before Catherine Dunn died. But uh, it's definitely definitely one of the things that I always hoped would get made. Number two was Doc Savage, and that's never getting made either. So, you know, sucks for me. I don't know. They're going to run out of material at some point. <laughs> you would think. Uh, That's, yeah, this is the, the snake eating its own tail. It's like we, we have no more original, so we start redoing that stuff. And then we're going to start redoing what we've redone, like Spider-Man. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you get your fifth installment of Stars Born garnering awards. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me tired just, just knowing it exists. Yeah. I had one other idea, my 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 sick idea. I had I I I mentioned this after we recorded last week. This is this is really what summed it up. I'm I'm listening to all this shit with our president and it's just making me nauseous thinking that this this guy continues and I I came up with an idea of a gay porn where a guy who looks and sounds and acts and is playing Trump in a parody form is doing his speech and he's saying all his racist shit. And then all of his security guards uh, jump him and bend him over the podium and start sodomizing him. And he's and so you get to hear Trump going, oh, no, oh, oh, my bottom, you know, and and basically you get to watch him get just gang raped by dudes and then cry and uh then you know, like, like, like limp eric away with his pants around his trump. ankles huh i think what we're saying here is that eric is fantasizing about fucking donald trump no well, just the opposite <laughs> i'm just saying I'm, I'm i'm fantasizing about about watching him cry and and, and be like oh, i just got raped by a bunch of dudes yeah ha, i'm just thankful you. that eric didn't text me because he's got the flu and go you know that bird box was really all right that's what i'm thankful for <laughs> <laughs> so you know whatever fantasy gets you by man but damn <laughs> no i tell you what sarah huckabee sanders though that is one i cannot stop thinking about Oh yeah, because you know that she's she'd have like this angry look in her eyes the whole time. Yeah, right. All right, go ahead. You're fucking me. Whatever, you asshole. Yeah. Well, here's no, the no, deal. The like, giving with the, the, Sarah Huckabee Sanders says it's good sex. How can you possibly believe her? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, given that uh, the movie Vice is out now, the one about Cheney with Batman and a bevy of uh-huh. actors. Uh, like 10, 15 years from now, when they do the movie version of this exact moment in time, uh, do you think that's doable? The porn version? <laughs> I mean, if that, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I mean, just in general, like, uh, you know, like, do you I think, think it's, it's, the, it's the, the vice about the Trump administration? Yeah. I mean, do you think that it, that no. they could actually match the level of absurdity that's already happening? Uh, that's to me I, what I sort of makes the difference. Somebody's going to make a movie on these times, and this this you know asshole. I just hope that they 
again, do it as an extended Netflix series where each episode is about one of the insanely stupid things he's done. Okay. If you try and collect so, them all into one movie, you don't get it. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. So that that actually does give me sort of a segue into the the other two like scraps of ideas that I wanted to to champion. Um, one is I do think that it, it we need something that just says, "Hey, by the way, folks, this is why we want to have a government of any kind. Like this is what it's for." This is why it's a good idea. It's why we do things collectively and not for profit in some cases. Like, I think Hamilton kind of shows there's an audience for that sort of thing, but hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the other is in a similar vein. I think uh, the closest thing I could think of, uh, the most recent um, thing I can think of that was a popular entertainment that championed labor is. Well, I guess actually, sorry to bother you, but I was going to say Newsies, and I think <laughs> I think oh, we need like an update on why workers' rights is not a bad idea. Just a thought. I'm very I, political. I think that was uh, Mike uh, Michael Moore had that. Which one was? Uh, mm, capitalism, a love story. Maybe you're thinking of. That's it. But yeah. I'm. Uh, I don't. I, I think we need to see it in terms of a popular entertainment, though. I think we need to have a story about people doing things collaboratively and overcoming overwhelming odds. Why don't we yeah. just remake Norma Ray? Uh, it'd be better than nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, you really like me. Okay. Yeah. Can you explain to me though, like how? Okay, we've got a nation of people who are, you know. They're they're angry about corporations, and they're and also anti-union. How does that happen? Propaganda. Yeah, full on. I'm like, 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 like who the fuck are you really against now? Well, uh, I'm I'm gonna wager well, it's the same audience that makes Dancing with the Stars such a hit. It's a libertarian yeah. argument, though, right, Eric? It's a I don't need to be told what to do by the corporation or the union, right? Like, no one's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do it all myself. Fuck all y'all. I got mine. That's uh-huh. that's kind of the problem word. Well, I think it, it, to me, it always gets to the heart of it when you watch something like uh, Life of Brian, the Monty Python movie, and it's the scene where they're going on about what the Romans ever do for us. That encapsulates that attitude precisely for me. And what have they ever given us in return? The aqueduct? What? The aqueduct. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did give us that. Uh, that's true, yeah. And the sanitation. Oh, yeah, the sanitation, Reg. Remember what the city used to be like? Yeah, all right, I'll grant you, the aqueduct, the sanitation, the two things the Romans have done. And the roads. Well, yeah, obviously yeah. the roads. I mean, the roads go without sand, don't they? But apart from the sanitation, the aqueduct, and the roads, irrigation... It's like, well, I don't need the government for this. Like, well, yeah, unless you want roads. Well, yeah, roads, of course, but I don't need the government for this. Well, yeah, but healthcare. Oh, yeah, well, healthcare. So, it's the, that's that kind of thing. So, maybe we should just remake Life of Brian. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where to take this. I just, I just desperately want the world to, like, get its head out of its ass. Good yeah. luck. Well, don't fear. There's another Star Wars movie coming real soon. 
Yeah. Oh, and it'll yay. probably be about how the chosen one will save you all and you can all just sit tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We can't even agree that Ron Howard sucks after the last one. Yeah, we can. Ron that. Howard sucks. Well, you and I can, sure, and, and Chris too, but I mean like all these other dopey people who can't speak for their own rights, they they can't even admit that Ron Howard sucks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's the aggressive banality of American cinema. <laughs> Yes. Someone should do a podcast on that. Oh, wait. You would think they would. Hey, now. Oh. Where could We've I find such that a problem for the world? Yeah, really. You like could a, find a, it at maghuge.com or any of the uh, 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 programs you use to find a podcast, like Stitcher or uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcast. Where do people get podcasts? Everywhere. SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah I think you know, nailed most you of you. Get your podcasts. Get that one. Yeah. 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 Search yeah. for Magnificently we're, we're Huge Podcast. We are. Yeah, we're on we Instagram. Are. We are. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're on Facebook. We're on the Facebook, even though it's evil. Yeah. yeah. But that works in our favor. For the love of God, people, listen to the show. Share it with your friends. Rate yeah. us. <laughs> Rate us. Review we, us. Write, write to we us. We are good people. Yeah. And we deserve to have people listening to this show. This damn is it. our year. This is our year to shine. God damn it. <laughs> but you can email us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com as well. <laughs> Just find the damn show, listen, uh, and tell us how awesome we are. That's all we have.